Hello, everybody. My name is Graham Elwood. I'm Chris Mancini, and this is episode 242 <laughs> of the Comedy Film Nerds <coughs> podcast. We're going to be talking about a lot of different movies. We're going to be talking about Mockingjay Part 1, Nightcrawler, maybe a little bit of Whiplash, and we have an Asylum update. Oh, <laughs> Asylum update. <laughs> we should have, like, breaking news. <laughs> have a known sound effect. Sound effect coming in. Um, Just somebody screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just want to thank everybody that came out. I was in Tampa um, at the Improv, did some stand-up with Doug Benson, then we recorded a Doug Loves Movies, um, which was a lot of fun. And I'm sure that Doug Loves Movies is out already. If it, There was some sound issues. This, the power cut out in the middle of the show. So I don't know what they if they fixed it or not. But uh, thank you to everyone that came out to Tampa. And uh, there was also some fans that I saw movies with. That was a lot of fun. Um, I saw the mocking Jay and the Nightcrawler. We'll get into that, and uh, so that was that was good times. And uh, thank you to everybody that enjoyed listening to uh, Isabella Mancini do her Big Hero yes. Six. <laughs> Spoiler up! A lot of great feedback. That was that. awesome. <laughs> My favorite one was uh, you should teach her to do the Bane voice, then you could get rid of Grant. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm gonna. I'm going to pull a Jay Leno and not let her on the show anymore or do what Letterman did and hire Craig Ferguson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the greatest part about that is then it also, the response from that drowned out everybody complaining that the PodFest episode only came in one year. I don't know what happened with that, guys. We didn't, I don't know. That episode sat there for a while, then we just posted it. And well, I what th- happened is it sat there for so long that one of the channels dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> It went bad, yeah. like milk. Like <laughs> the right, the right ear just went bad. Exactly. What can you? Nothing you can do about. It. Right. Or maybe all of you have swimmers ear in the same ear. <laughs> you ever thought of that? Instead of blaming us, you whiny dicks. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Maybe you should have bought the goddamn live stream for twenty bucks. Then the show could have made some fucking money, and you assholes could have not belly ached about your one ear not getting everything it needs. You know what? For free, you're lucky you get one ear. How's that sound? <laughs> I'm the only guy on this show that doesn't have a kid, and I'm acting like a dad. Um, which, so what we're saying is, thank you for letting us know when there's technical problems. Uh, we appreciate it. Yeah. That's, that's Chris's diplomatic version, buffering my... I literally just flew across the country and uh, upgraded on the first leg. Great. Mm-hmm. Not on the second leg. So then you want to punch someone. You want to yeah. punch your way out of the plane. But um, you couldn't have. You were sitting next to um, uh, a blob. Right? I was sitting blob, next to a 600-pound person yeah. whose one leg is bigger than both of mine. Yeah. But thank you. We're all God's children. Uh, <laughs> 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 and, you know, I had to eat a goddamn burrito in the Houston airport on some, you know, we had a short layover. Just, you, you know what? We got to get fucking famous and rich because I'm only going to, I don't care. I'm going to say this. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If I ever got crazy rich, I don't care about big mansions. I'd live in a little two bedroom place as long as I'm close to the beach. I don't care about fancy clothes. I wouldn't, I don't care about a big fancy. I'm not going to be one of these like guys driving a $200,000 car, but I will fly a fucking private jet to the store. I will tell you that right now. I don't give a shit. That's where your money's going to go. It's going to go to yeah, my private fucking jet. Yeah. All right? I'm going to I anywhere I go, it's either going to be in a helicopter right. with guns on it right. or a private jet. Mm-hmm. And he's going to park it in a handicap parking <laughs> in the lot. That's right. <laughs> Suck it. I'm going to just I'm hover rich. in. Um, well folks, that is I mean, my money will probably go to um, Amnesty International. <laughs> and uh <laughs> 
All right, after I'm going to give a lot to charity, then I'm going to God. So and a yacht. <laughs> I'll fly a private jet to whatever wanna... charity event and give them as much yeah. money as they want. But I don't want to sail anywhere. I literally just want to drive uh, to the um, the coast, get on a helicopter, go out to my yacht that's a few feet offshore, <laughs> just and then live there. Like those riverboat yeah. casinos yeah, exactly. in the Midwest yeah. that just pull offshore yeah. so they can legally Look gamble. at all the poor people on the mainland, and yeah. then fly back. Yeah, and shoot your trash at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some sort of t-shirt gun that you got from a clipper game. <laughs> Um, oh man, those are great. These are all great ideas, yeah, guys. This is I, I don't yeah I don't see why we can't put all of them into effect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this is a special episode in the sense that we are not in the garage. We are not. Well, we're in a garage. We are in a well. Uh, <clears throat> his place is a lot nicer than our garage. Yeah, this is it. This is a guest house. This is the Valeriano Podcast Studios. Okay. Is, wow. Okay. wow. What a dick. Right. Jesus. Yeah. TM. What an asshole. <laughs> what an uh, asshole private jet. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't jazz up our studios, but I would have a private jet. <laughs> to, to fly to the studio. Folks, our guest, uh, you've heard his voice. We are in the headquarters of the podcast, The Road Stories, which is a fine podcast that we've both been mm-hmm. on. It has mm-hmm. also been in the LA Podfest the last two years. Let us please welcome to episode 242, Murray Valeriano. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I you would, live here. And I live here. I'm very excited I didn't have to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Mur- Murray. So Yeah, you came here on a bike. Okay, here, yeah. This is what this we're recording usually record Shaped on Shaped like a plane. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the private jet of bikes. <laughs> I'm in my own bike lane. I don't have to touch anybody. All those filthy car drivers yeah. go by. Um, some fat guy in a sidecar. Some guy's <laughs> wolfing down his dumb burrito. Um, <laughs> some fat guy in a sidecar. <laughs> so Tried to sideswipe you. He's in yeah. both of them. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, she was eating a burrito? I fell asleep during that rant. What happened? <laughs> 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 was she eating a burrito? Uh, no, I was complaining. Okay. I was mixing yeah. both of them. Right. I had to eat a dumb burrito. Whatever. Okay. I'm sure so, she's had many. Problems. So let's. Uh, you know what? I I really was looking forward to this movie, The Hunger Games: Mockingjay Part One, and uh, I've actually read all the books. So I wanted to see what you guys thought of it first, and then uh, I wanted to um, jump in. Um, I of the three movies, it's the mm-hmm. best one. Um, the first one, obviously, as we talked about when that came out a couple years ago. That mm-hmm. one, I was missed the mark. Missed the, the mark, mark for sure. Yeah. The second, I loved it. You, you love the, the first, first one. I love the first one. I didn't read any of the books. Okay. I didn't even know there was a second. I thought this was the second. So I'm not <laughs> part of the franchise. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that. I love when kids kill kids. As a parent, I think we all do. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Battle no, Royale. I didn't find that disturbing, right. but I like the first one. I like the first one. I'm sure you did. it did okay. not hold to the books. I'm sure. It, well, you know what it, it did? Does. It was like one of the... It's like Chris Columbus doing... Uh, um, Harry Potter. You know, technically, these are the scenes that happen in the book, but right. this putting to, putting it together as a film, you, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, well, you I never read. I never read. <clears throat> excuse me, I never read any of the books, but I still thought the first movie just kind of was like it was flat. It, it was a little flat. Mark. It was well. The, my problem with the first one, the tone was completely. The off. tone was off, and then and then there was yes. all this handheld camera shit where I couldn't see the fighting. Right. Like the whole reason I'm watching this is to see 13 year olds kill each other. So mm-hmm. let me see it. And, they didn't uh, do that. Takashi Miike didn't do that shit with Battle Royale. Well, and it's a, it, it's all goes back to the you have a director who's never directed action, uh, right, right, right. You that know, trying to direct action yeah, yeah. who had no idea what they were do- he was doing. Okay, so who's directing uh, Mockingjay? Same guy? Ooh. No, no, no. The, the The first guy was gone after the uh, first movie. Uh, yeah. Lionsgate dumped him, and then uh, 
I think this is the same guy that directed the second one. Mockingjay. Are we looking it up on the Google yeah, device? We're looking it up on the Google. Right gonna, you look that up. I'm going to uh, tell the listeners. Francis a bit more Lawrence about me. Yes. Uh, is the director. Not of this. a huge resume, so I think what what's going on is. I uh, wonder how he got that job. <laughs> Jack well, Lawrence. he did this. Well, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did the second Hunger Games. Yeah. There you go. He's also, you know, he's done Iron Le- Legend. He done. He did Constantine. Yeah. Not great movies. These are yeah. not. These are not great. Why movies. is he not in director's jail? This guy because yeah. they have not done because he's probably cheaper Lionsgate you know is like well what's the most we have to spend to get this movie made oh, okay because it's a, a juggernaut film um, now what did you guys think of this one because it is like a part one I haven't seen it I can't okay. uh, I <clears throat> but I'm looking I, forward to it I liked it mm-hmm. I liked it a lot it is you know it's we're finally we're finally into the. We're just in the rebellion now. Right. Like there's no game. Th- no, there's no game anymore. Yeah. This is just a. This is a war is starting, mm-hmm. and so the way they handle that, I liked it. And again, um, and you've got great performances by Philip Seymour Hoffman, of course. Yes. And and Julianne Moore is so great as the president of the rebellion. Right. And she's so no nonsense. And <clears throat> there's so many great scenes between her and Philip Seymour Hoffman, as he's like, and he's brought over several like converts from the capital who are now working with the rebellion which is really sort of interesting uh and 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 how they handle that but it's it's he's he's great in it and and jennifer lawrence you know she's she's really coming into her own i mean she's always been a great actress obviously as we've talked about but like this movie was really it's more of a war film almost than a than a teen angst whatever you know, social commentary. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and Donald Sutherland's, he's, of course, great, Donald Sutherland. Nice yeah. and creepy. Yeah, yeah. He's a great, creepy, <laughs> bad guy. It does, the one, the problem with this film is the problem with these two part endings. The movie just sort of stops. Now, ending is a generous word. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, <laughs> there, there, is, yeah. there isn't an ending, yeah. there isn't a wrap up. It just sort of like, okay, guys, we'll see you in six months, you know, yeah. like, well, here's my question: Is it like 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 they're butchering the Hobbit, or is this a series of books? Or uh, they're breaking they, up the last book. They're, they're doing exactly the, what they did with the three, Hobbit. Three books, four movies. So this this last book is broken up into okay. two parts. All right, uh, because is, and it it kind of um, it's definitely a money grab. Sure, uh, but if they were going to break up any of the three, it would have to be this one because this has the entire rebellion and war in it. However. Could it be done in a two and a half hour movie? Of course it could. Yeah, yeah there's no question. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. could definitely, um, this one book could have been filmed in, two, in a two and a half hour movie. Like you could also see too, like the way the Hobbit movies, and I love them, but they are bloated and too long. And it's one book that's stretched onto three giant You love films. the Hobbit movies? Uh, I do. I'm a huge fan. The Hobbit's my favorite book growing up. I hate both of them, and I'm looking forward to hating the next one. <laughs> next week. I, um, you know, I, I, my guard goes down for these. I'm yeah. like Jackie Cation on those. Oh, yeah. I've listened I'm, to that yeah. of those episodes. Uh, but uh, I think... Yeah. Um, so, I, I got to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> so what, um, what's going on here? You could even tell, too, because it was like... This movie was about two hours long, and it had some filler in it. It yeah. did. And now, I actually really liked it, too. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well-paced, with the exception of a couple, you know, like, oh, okay, now we're just trying to get to two hours. Right. Get mm-hmm. to, like, the cutoff point where we know. And as I'm watching this, because I'd read the book, I'm like, oh, I know exactly where this movie is going to end. Oh, really? And I, I knew exactly. I, I, I could tell. I'm like, there's no other way it can, because I know that kind of broke up the book. Um, well, I'm a, no spoiler, but I know I knew where it was going to end. Right. And it did. So what I really liked about it, too, was... 
the fact that it mixed everything like the book, everything from propaganda to entertainment mm-hmm. to government control and all mm-hmm. those things, I think it could have gone a little further. I know we're still kind of like in, you know, teen sci-fi territory. I think there could have been a, even more commentary because it's in the book. I mean, the book is so brutal and so dystopian. Um, the problem with the book is that uh, it still has this dopey, you know, romance and love triangle. And every time yeah. it's in the book, um, you just, I remember just like rolling my eyes. I'm like, come on. This, the science fiction world is so um, well created and well detailed. Do we, it, it really feels shoehorned in. Like, this is like the Twilighty things you have to stick into young adult fiction. Sure, yeah. I would love to talk to the uh, Suzanne Collins, like the writer, and uh, ask her, like, just off the record, like, hey, your uh, world is so detailed. Um, all this dopey romance with uh, the love triangle. Does the publishers? Did they make you put that in for like you know for sales, or is it uh, just to get the teen it, girls into just it? Or teen what? girls, or is it something that really passionately felt? And there's always that answer that is for the interviews, and that's answer that people say when no one else is listening. After a couple, <laughs> yeah, after like, a couple of glasses of wine. Yeah, after a couple yeah. glasses of wine, yeah. You know, you get Ben Affleck drunk, you'd hear some Matt Damon stories. Right. I'm sure. <laughs> that I'm son sure. of a bitch. Yeah. I'm that sure. chest-waxing yeah. born asshole. <laughs> so I would love to hear, like, really what was going on because as you, as this movie unfolds, thank God it's, like, it, it's reduced compared to what it's like in the book. In the book, you're just rolling your eyes. Like, oh, every really? Ch- it's so yeah, much okay. more, and it's it, um, it takes away from the... Um, great science fiction of the film of the book and uh it came through in one scene when one of the characters gail like he gets his feelings hurt and i'm like what you're at war everyone's about to be shut killed. up shut up stop worrying about your feelings and how this girl That's feels about you, you like, know what, are, what is wrong with you i was just thinking what 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 popped into my mind was edge of tomorrow there was a there was an opportunity to have some dumb romance between tom cruise and emily blunt and they didn't do it right they just went, guess what? Aliens are destroying the planet. Right. We better figure this shit out right now. Do they, can you tell that there's like a bond between fine. them? That's Great. Fine. No yeah. time for it, kids. Yeah. Right, Like, right. shit's on. And the thing I like too about, <clears throat> about Mockingjay. Shoot your crossbow. Don't pout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put one between their eyes, bitch. Otherwise yeah. it's lights out. Like, what are you talking about? So the thing I like too, uh, when, you, when you talked about the propaganda thing, was Philip Seymour Hoffman's character was like, you know, minister of propaganda for the regime. And now, but he still realizes, hey, the rebellion needs propaganda. Uh, They both use the same tools. They both, and he goes, we need to do this now. And and, and that's a really cool part about the movie. While he's like, we need to kind of, you know, I don't know, like concoct this. And then it was like, no, 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 no. Woody Harrelson comes in who has great little cameos. That is a great scene in the book too, by the way, like, and this isn't a spoiler. It's like towards the beginning of the film, they're trying to do that propaganda and Katniss can't do it. She's Mm -hmm. like, they try to like record this thing on a sound stage and it it feels forced. And there is a great scene in the book that they recreated and uh, they're looking at each other. This is never going to work. And uh, Hamish just comes in and starts laughing. And that's, how a rebellion dies. <laughs> that's, <Yeah. laughs> talking about where that this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really Which is, uh, interesting. I, I think if you go into the social commentary of it, you know, this first movie came out, I believe it came around right around the time of the Occupy Wall Street movement. Mm-hmm. And at least, obviously, the Occupy thing is, has happened within these three movies, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was the complaint of the Occupy movement. The Occupy movement was like, we have no voice. We have no center. And everyone was like, well... <laughs> Good luck getting anything changed. You're just a bunch of guys, you know, sitting on the front lawn of City Hall. 
you know, and you need. We're a leaderless movement. Yeah, that's not a yeah, good thing. Yeah, that's to have never. No one's ever won that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you want to change? What do you got? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I think I think that's an interesting. Commentary. Great energy, focus. <laughs> yeah. I, here's what I'll say about these movies. Like Murray, you like the first one. Yeah. I think you'll like this one. I'm pretty sure I will, especially the way you guys broke it down. And yeah, I have no idea what you're good. talking about. I, I, I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> this is I want, one of the things I every once in a while just going to interject a. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> is like Jennifer Lawrence. Like you're saying, the acting was really, really good mm-hmm. in this film. And what I like too is it didn't shy away from like. Jennifer Lawrence, like her character Katniss, being like the badass all the time. No, she's someone who was forced into the situation, thrust into it. She's going to break down. She's going to cry. She's going to have moments of weakness, and she's not going to want to do this. And all that felt so real and so human. Uh, I thought they did a really nice job. Well, there's some great scenes. I won't go into the details. I know what you mean. There's some great scenes where she's thrust into this, hey, you're the hero of the rebellion. And she's just like, oh my God. I don't want to be the hero of the rebellion. Well, guess what? You are. And she kind of has to be. Mm -hmm. And that that does some powerful scenes. Well, let's. Okay, so we're getting into Oscar season now. um, And there's. Uh, I want to talk a movie we talked about, but Murray saw because I want to hear because I've been hearing some sort of splits on this film. By the way, one of three movies I've seen this year. Whiplash. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, but you saw Whiplash. Now, I watched did, it last night. What did you think of it? Awful. awful. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, no, no, no. Not awful. <laughs> I was thinking of the other movie I saw. <laughs> Sucked. Uh, no, I liked it. You, you guys see it? Did you guys talk about it? I, I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it yet. You liked it a lot. Yeah. Really? <clears throat> I liked it a lot because. I'm just I like watching actors like drum grow up and yeah and hit things <laughs> and sweat. No, but I mean like Miles Teller <laughs> yeah. up till now has just been the kind of wise ass teen hipster mm-hmm. guy and this one he's like kind of an outcast. He's not the popular kid. Right. And I really like that and I love JK Simmons even though in real life J.K. Simmons would have been fired day one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the first time he even threatened to hit a kid, yeah, let yeah. alone hit a kid. Right. <laughs> so what did you think, though? I, I liked it. I, I, first of all, I love music. I love jazz. I love drums. I'm not too bad on the skins myself. Ooh, Murray yeah. um, So I love that part of it. I liked Miles Teller. You know, the only thing I ever saw him in was uh, a, a great movie a few years back called uh, Rabbit Hole. Which I don't know if you guys saw that or not. What oh, a no. really good, mm-hmm. well written, depressing, depressing as shit movie. But it was actually one of my favorite. I voted for it at the Writers Guild Awards to spectacular. For best now you'd really like him in. Oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'll check that out. So it was really great to see him. I even had to Google him to make sure it was the same one because he's grown up since then. <laughs> um, I like, I like, I just, I thought J.K. was a little over the top. I, 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 I like the difference. How it wasn't. It's a, there's a lot of music prodigy movies out there, and this one was I thought like was Shine. Little, I didn't see Shine. Oh, Shine was it? That um, was the Jeffrey Rush one. Oh, right, oh right, yeah, right, of course. Right, yeah, yeah. Or Shine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking more like Crossroads with uh. Uh, what's his name? That's what you're going to reference. Gonna reference Crossroads. Wow! Did With, not uh, think we'd have a Crossroads reference on this episode today, Steve ladies. Vai plays the devil who uh, plays the guitar. Come on! How can you go wrong? <laughs> how can you go wrong with Crossroads? Uh, but it, it was it really. I mean, the, the, uh, listen. I, I I saw, and I I don't think this is a spoiler alert. But uh, I when when the ending started to wrap up, I was like. Of course. Here we go. The ending. And then there's a little twist in it at the end where I was like, yes. <laughs> that made this whole journey worth it Was to me was that little twist at the mm-hmm. end. And I, I thought that was great. It was funny. I was reading um, actually on Facebook, uh, Joe Wagner, who we all know. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
uh, who's a comic and a writer, wrote this really long thing on Facebook, and he was mad that he the the, the theme of the movie is basically J.K. Simmons is saying that you, you know, he references. Charlie Parker had a symbol thrown at his head. Sure. And his band, he came up with a band leader that was just ruthless. And mm-hmm. that's what he believed. J.K. Simmons' character believes that's what made Charlie Parker Charlie Parker. Yeah. And Joe Wagner was writing on Facebook, like, uh, it, it pissed, really pissed him off. Because, like, that's bullshit. That's not, that's not how greatness, so many people were, were, greatness was born out of a nurturing environment mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, which I, I totally agree with. <clears throat> to me, why that theme didn't bother me because and when he saw that post, I kind of was glad you you were going to talk about it because I wanted to revisit this film because it's not a global statement. It's what that one character believes, right? And yeah. so that's what he believes. That's what he and thinks. It was he a needs. justifiable reasoning behind it right. too. And you know, I, I see what Joe Wagner's saying, but Joe Wagner, he's a pants, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's a big dude, but he's a little bit of a wuss. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I know I liked that kind. Of, I like. I that love that, and just because without spoiling and just saying what you're saying, his the, the getting the symbol thrown at him was because he wasn't playing up to the standards, right? Which made him work harder, mm-hmm. therefore becoming one of the greatest musicians. There's that great scene. J.K. Simmons goes, "The two most destructive language words in the English language are good job." Yes. I was like, "Wow, that's." I mean, <laughs> there's some truth to that. As this generation of millennials who all got participation awards <laughs> are now in their 20s running around going, I'm crushing it. No, you're just doing what is required of you. Yeah. You're, that's not crushing it. That's, that's called the C. Yeah, that's yeah. called you showed up on time is not crushing it. <laughs> just <laughs> Showing up early with more work done than what was asked of you, that would be crushing it. Yeah. But just, hey, I did what you paid me to do. Boom. Touchdown. No. And I, I like the way J.K. Simmons' character uh, used... Again, he was over the top, and and you like you said he would have been fired five minutes after this. But I like the way he he pitted the musicians against each yeah. other to bring out the better perform. Now, would I do that with my own kids? Probably not. But I only have one. I'll have to ask Chris if that's the route to go or not. But uh, you absolutely should pitch your kids against okay. each other. Well, if, but if they both have a musical talent, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. want to grow up a bunch of pussies. You yeah. know what I mean? You like you want to battle with musician, the bands, not and eventually DJ. you want them to be better drummers than Joe Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> You want to create every home should create a Hunger Games situation with their children and musical instruments. Yeah, uh, can I say I? Is, all right, I'm going to say this without spoiling the ending, but this is one thing that bugged me so bad, and maybe I missed it, or, or I might have to go back and watch it again. Um, the name of the movie is Whiplash. Mm-hmm. The song in the movie is that he wants to play and that he has to work hard to play is Whiplash. All right, without I'm trying to say this without spoiling anything, and if I spoil it, you guys can edit this out. No, okay, don't. We, don't, we don't edit. Oh, really? You're one of those? Yeah, you and Pat Francis. It'll make you. So Graham's saying, don't spoil it. So so don't, don't all right, I'm going to try not to. All right, at one point, it's a mo- it's a movie, so we know at one point he's going to learn how to play it, and he's going to have his triumphant right uh, moment moment when it comes to his triumphant moment. He just starts laying down this drum lick, and the guy and the and the bass player ends up like, "What are you doing?" He goes, "I'll cue you. It's Caravan." He doesn't play Whiplash. <laughs> he doesn't. It's the name of the movie. It's the it's the song he's been right. working the whole time, and he doesn't have his shining moment with Whiplash. That's the part that that right that blew me. I will say away. this for this film: as we get into Oscar season, this is definitely a movie to watch because I think there might be some nominations that come out of this for performance. Yeah. Mm. Although Teller or JK? Either one might get it. Yeah. Although 
Don't we have time to even? Well, I saw Foxcatcher and well, Steve Carell is he's a he's a front runner for oh, yeah. best actor. It, it's, it's only a matter. Of, it's only a matter of time yeah. with yeah. Carell, though. It's only a matter of time. I know. You know, he's too good I mean? of a he's too he's good so of an actor. Good. Um, all right, well, do we want to get into Foxcatcher? Okay, one thing, real yeah, quick yeah. On, on Whiplash again. And mm-hmm. again, because I'm going to be referencing it because it's the only movie I saw we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I like in a, that they hired actors who can play their instruments. Yeah. I, yes. I hate nothing. Like the monkeys. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, Chris, that's... Uh, the, what? No. Yeah, no, that was uh, TV. <laughs> that was uh, not real. Nothing bothers me <laughs> they more. They learned them by the third season. Yeah. But. <laughs> nothing bothers me more than hire. There's so many actors out there and the, who can play instruments. But that's the maddening hire. thing about Hollywood when they're like, let's get an American to do an Australian accent or let's get a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just hire a fucking Aussie or hire a guy that can... And, it, and especially the smaller movies. It's like they're not names, so you don't need... It's not Sean Penn playing that right. guy. You can put anybody in there. It's right. Like, you know, and so that's what I really like, except I think the redheaded guy. They, they, did, yeah. a lot of, they did a lot of cutaways, so sure. I don't think he was actually playing. But uh, I really liked uh, the fact that they hired... Actual actors who can play music, play uh, their instruments. So let's uh, let's talk about Foxcatcher because I haven't seen this film and I've heard very mixed things about it. <sighs> Performance wise, it's amazing. Okay, yeah. Steve Carell and Mark Ruffalo are great. Mark Ruffalo and Channing Tatum both physically, and that's a tough thing to do without it seeming like you're doing a sketch character. Right. But they 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 really. From from an internal standpoint of, of what a good actor does, they are physic. You believe that they're wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Like I knew guys in high school that were just hardcore wrestlers, yeah, yeah. and and the way they carried themselves, and they just, you know, like each sport, the people carry themselves slightly differently, mm-hmm. and these guys are just like they just okay, Mark Ruffalo, man. I love Mark Ruffalo. God, man. is he good? He does a good. Channing Tatum's good. He's, you know, he's playing a meathead, so sure. this isn't the first time Channing Tatum has right. done this, but he's good at it, and he's playing a, you know, a guy with a lot of depth who's kind of, you know, uh, he's this younger brother who's very impressionable, mm-hmm. and, and Steve Carell, man, I mean, I knew the story going in, and Steve Carell's amazing. He's just, just give he, us, uh, for those of us who don't, who aren't familiar with the story, just what are, what's 25 words or less? What's the story of this movie? Well, uh, Steve, it's a true story. Uh, could I have sound more like an executive? Than <laughs> Jesus, do I got to pitch this? <laughs> no, 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 it's no, no pitch it to me. Tell it to me. Tell it to yeah. me. It's this miss it meets that. Um, it, it's a true story of, um, DuPont. I forget. Is it Charles DuPont? Maybe he's from the DuPont family. Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy, crazy wealthy. And he creates Foxcatcher. um, to be on his giant palatial estate, to be this training facility for wrestling. He wants to get American wrestling. This is in the 80s, top-notch. So he's mm-hmm. gearing up for... As popular as Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. Are we talking exactly. professional wrestling or high school wrestling? <laughs> oh, Olympic. Olympic. Yeah. Olympic. Yeah. Or that would have been my third guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Don't jump me, Chris. <laughs> Jesus. I love talking sports with two nerds. Um, uh, no, it's Olympic wrestling, and they're gearing up for the 88 Seoul Olympics. Okay. So um, there's these, these Mark and Dave Schultz are these two, like, uh, they're like the, the two top wrestlers in, in America, mm-hmm. and they both win medals in 84. And, uh, but 84 was in. LA, the Soviets didn't show up. Oh, right, yeah. You know, we didn't show up in 80. They didn't show up in 84. So it's like 88, we're going to finally see the Soviets again. Mm-hmm. And and so 
it's really all about that. And there's this, and Dupont ends up, you know, he's goes crazy, and you know, I won't give away the ending if you haven't read the story. Sure. even though you could go online and read it. That's but, awesome. I'm looking for yeah, it's 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 amazing. There's some there's there's some weird moments in the movie though where there's laughter. Like there's funny there's scenes that are kind of funny and I, and I couldn't decide at first I was like why the fuck is the director making this scene funny so the tone was like kind of uneven I don't want I don't want to say that though because okay. I was talking to a friend of mine who watched it and said you know that movie is so tense and so creepy Steve Carell is so creepy that you need it was like the audience was laughing out of like oh thank God attention like, release yeah. like attention release thing so so after I heard that um. I kind of was like, well, maybe maybe this was the smart choice by the director. I don't know. It's it's really I can see how people would see it and go, what the fuck? This shouldn't right. this shouldn't be funny. This is twisted shit that happens in this film, and it's it's mm. you know what what ha- actually happens is awful. Yeah. So, um, but I would say this again as we get into Oscar season, and this is the thing I love about Oscar season. Just see it for the performances, man. Yeah. Even if you find the tone uneven or you're not a fan of how this director... And I like what the director does with it. I, I Ultimately, I like this movie. I think it's good. I think the writing... But that uncomfortable laughter, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense to me because when you are around someone that's off, that's just a little off, there are moments where you kind of laugh and then you think you're like, oh, we're laughing, so we're kind of bond- we're connecting, like we, we see yeah, on the yeah. same page. And then the person does something, you're like, well, what the fuck? I thought we, you know, like it's this. You're always off kilter. Mm-hmm. That guy just makes you, and that's what the dynamic was. And Channing Tatum's character goes through all these struggles and 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 isn't very stable himself, and and so it's just uncomfortable. But I think in the right way, and the and the more I think about it, I think the director actually did the right thing and. In creating this tone that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. When it's and when it's done right, it's it's it's. Some people know. might disagree with me and go, I yeah. don't think it was done right. But I I really liked it. And again, I mean, it's not like he now did you like pulled, it pulled out a squirting a flower, right? Or you just really liked the performances? The movie was kind of no. I liked it as a film. You I mean, did like I, it. As a I, film. I, I, I went okay. back and forth after I saw it uh, and talked uh-huh. to some people and then went, oh, okay, and then kind of thought about <laughs> okay. it more and came back. I like it as a movie and, and the performances. Uh, let me say this: if you don't like it as a movie, you'll still love the performances. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt about Nightcrawler. It was, uh, yeah. you know, I thought uh, the performances, especially Jake uh, Gyllenhaal, was amazing, but I thought the movie as a whole just didn't really gel. The problem with Nightcrawler, there's several scenes in there where Jake Gyllenhaal's, gr- he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. This is one of the best parts he's ever done. Oh, right. Because he's, all right. He, he's, well, he's always played Boy Next Door, quirky, silly, yeah. but nice, likable. But I also just saw Prisoners right before, mm-hmm. so it was like I got to see really his intense acting back to back. You know, <laughs> he's intense in Prisoners, right? But it's like cop, Iraq vet with PTSD, and it's mm-hmm. he's still like there's this shred of like regular guy humanity in right. there who's been mm-hmm. beaten down by the war and by being a cop. Right. This fucking guy. He's out of his mind. He's out of his goddamn mind. But he's very polite. He's so polite. He's one of those people that you, he would smile and shake your hand and you'd walk away going... Yeah, and when he, he says something about like an employer and employee relationship, you think he's making a joke. I'm like, oh no, he's dead serious. He's dead serious. But, yeah. mm-hmm. The prob- There was a couple scenes where they put this weird fucking music in that took me out of it completely. And as a film, it's not... There's problems with it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're just watching this going, there's no goddamn way any police department would let this shit happen. <laughs> and the, I'm not going to spoil it, but the ending is 
bullshit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I gotta agree with that. You're yeah, just, you're you're like, come on, get really? the fuck is that, is that where we're here. going with this? Really? He should, he'll get a nomination though. He should though. Yeah, it's weird. Like I haven't seen it, but listening to your description, it doesn't sound like the comic book at all. <laughs> I mean, talk about taking liberties. No, yeah. go see it. Really? Like, right. It's right on point. It's okay, right good. on point. You can teleport. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about a movie that <laughs> we've talked about a little bit, but now finally, Chris, you've seen it. Yes. Murray's seen it. And Interstellar. But let's just say this we're going to be very general, you guys, because we are going to release an Interstellar spoiler rep because Murray has a bunch of really great inside info that we'll get into on the spoiler reps. We're going to just go real quick, broad strokes into Interstellar on this episode. So, Murray, you were in Vancouver for the shooting of this because your wife worked on the I film? I wish I was in Vancouver. I was outside of Calgary, 40 minutes outside of Calgary in Okotoks. Oh. It was the <laughs> most miserable six weeks of my life. <laughs> but thanks for bringing that part up. Uh, <laughs> you got to see Christopher Nolan plant a cornfield and set it on fire? <laughs> that, that whole, that, that's where I live for six weeks. Right. That whole just vastness of nothingness. The burning cornfield. Yeah, yeah, the burning cornfield. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was the only thing going on in that town was a burning <laughs> right. cornfield. Um, I, it was one of those where I had to think back on. I, I, I don't know. Do you guys do this? I go see a movie and then like, what do you think? I don't know. Ask me in like three days. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And, but and, it's only certain types of films like that where it's so. Um, it, it's well, it's, this I is guess, a dense film. Use I mean, the word. Yeah, I was going to use like the word. It's so heady where mm-hmm. it kind of. There's a lot to absorb and process that you're like, let me think. I got to think about this movie for a yeah. little bit. Yeah, this was definitely one of those movies. And I saw this a, a little while ago. And uh, um, so before you guys came over today, I was like, you know, what, I can, let me, I'm just going to read the Wikipedia description of this again, just to kind of refresh my memory. <laughs> and just reading that, I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Wikipedia? Yeah, I don't. I couldn't spell it. It, it came up. No, I don't like like the terms and uh, the science fiction of it and the science behind it. It was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't. I didn't know the difference between a wormhole and a black hole when I first saw the movie. Right. Well, that's how it started. It was like an astrophysicist was trying to get the movie made. An actual oh, really? scientist, yeah. And uh, it, it was like at Spielberg's company for a while, mm-hmm. and then Christopher Nolan's brother was actually taking a pass at the script. Didn't and Spielberg then, do a draft of it? Uh, possibly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was definitely at his company. And then uh, Christopher Nolan came on board, rewrote it, and then that's kind of how it happened. So mm-hmm. this wasn't something that like Christopher Nolan came up with and said, I want to make this movie. This was actually in development for a while. But one of the things that makes it so great is it was like it had such a great hard science fiction core at the uh, at the center of it, well, I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson was like singing its praises oh, from really? a scientific standpoint. It doesn't surprise me, yeah, because that's yeah that's how it started. So I, whatever he agrees with, I agree with. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much how I just. So more than having kind of you know been in Calgary for six weeks, uh-huh. knowing behind the scenes stuff outside Calgary, outside. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should really just enjoy the earth yeah. and its beautiful surroundings. <laughs> wait wait till we go into this uh, spoiler episode. Then you'll hear all the hell that went on. Well, then, so uh, knowing, going through the process of it, talking to your wife, obviously uh-huh. hearing the day-to-day stuff, then sitting in the theater and watching it, were you, was it just like you said, like it was just too heady that you couldn't really process it? Or, or, or was it like, I enjoyed it or... Again, it was one of those where I had to take a couple days to yeah, think yeah. about if right. I liked it. And I'm going to end it by saying I liked it for sure. But um, I didn't know much about like, like that movie was so secret, like right. so hush hush that, you know, Mare couldn't tell me anything about what was going on or, you know, so I never read the script. You know, like she sometimes she'll let me read the script and stuff. Now you so. wonder too, like a movie like this, 
did it need to be that so secret? Like, you know, like a Batman movie, like this kind of like do a Batman hard science need fiction. To be so yeah, secret? yeah. Come on. Yeah, you wonder, <laughs> like, like, it's like, do we need that, that Star Wars level of, uh, you know, like you only get certain pages of the script and everything's color coded? I mean, yeah, I don't know if that's entirely necessary. Honestly, though, I think, I think that's smart marketing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think it's that, a marketing thing. That I, think it, I agree. It, I couldn't agree more with the that. Hype. Yeah. Because like, then I'm sitting there going... This must be great. They can't release one page. Yeah. You know, that nice. kind of... Then I'm sitting there going, did you see there's a... There's someone got an aerial photo of the Millennium Falcon from the right, episode right. seven. Yeah. Like, then I'm, I'm playing into it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm already excited for right. December of 2015 yeah. for yeah, when the yeah. movie comes out. And I did this it with is Interstellar. Smart mar- it is smart marketing. Well, stuff no like question. that, I understand. But, like, I mean, I've got... You know, meetings where we're, well, we're not we're not going to mail you the script. You got to come in. And well, yeah, some like, asshole with I'm a sorry. reality TV yeah. show like nobody gives a shit. I get tons of mail with my fucking uh, bank information and social security number on every day. You can't fucking send yeah, me yeah. the synopsis <laughs> to Survivor Two send through me the a mail. PDF. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nobody gives a shit about your yeah Kate yeah. Boss episode. <laughs> so uh, I liked I liked it, and I liked I liked how they kind of described uh, the the time effect in a wormhole. Yes. Which is, uh, which, you know, which I thought was very cool. So I did learn a lot of, a lot of cool, interesting stuff uh, about the science behind it. And, you know, it, there was definitely a 2001 influence on it. Absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, yeah, for uh, sure. Everything from the robots to, you know, the way the story unfolded and mm-hmm. towards the ending. So, but it was great. I mean, I loved it as well. All right. I love the, there's a, uh, it's not just science fiction, but there's a human, connection there's mm-hmm. a relationship behind it which i i think i enjoyed more uh the the family kind of story the best science fiction is it. about people yeah you know the old adage and it's true really it's like so it, no it, matter <laughs> if you had all of these this tech and this hard science fiction but you didn't have compelling characters that you cared about no one would give yeah a nobody shit. gives a shit so were you yelling as the jocks beat you up in high school <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, no, don't take my 12-sided die. I think that's what I said. <laughs> so I'll give it a thumbs up. All right. Uh, should we talk about the sound, or should we talk about the sound on the spoiler episode? We'll do the spoiler. We'll okay. talk about yeah, the sound. We're going to we'll go, we'll go in. So, so, yeah, guys, we will interstellar spoiler. I know many of you, like uh, Martin, who we interviewed for Earbuds, was also at the... Uh, November 15th show was like, when is you doing an interstellar? We've been getting a lot of oh, those. Lot of like, tweets, I keep yeah. refreshing my phone. When are you? <laughs> it's coming, guys. Maybe Thanksgiving Day. Oh, there you go. Stuff that in your turkey. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, we have one little ad read we wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, our web designer, Brian Wolf. Has it's a wolf. A has a uh, has a new site out called uh, lookpolish.com. I'm offended. And... Uh, <laughs> And it is. You're just taking a stand on that (laughs) one. I like 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 every white guy or person does. Yeah. At at first, I honestly thought it was uh, look polish, and then the email was like, no, it's Polish like sausage. I'm like, okay. Uh, What it is is a uh, MST 3000 fan site. Oh, really? Based on Mystery Science Theater, and he is selling T-shirts. So I'm not sure what the licensing issue is for that, but uh, <laughs> there's uh, he is um, he is selling some uh, fan based mystery science theater um, t-shirts. And I'm sure Frank more stuff will have something to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing too: so Brian it's... Wolf has helped uh, out this company and earbuds and and the festival and the pod fest. The, the streaming wouldn't have happened without Brian. He literally oh. would not have happened. So. He's he's uh, an amazing web guy, and he's done great stuff for us. And obviously, we haven't paid him what he's worth. 
Um, so go to lookpolish.com. Yeah. And also, you know, you can also hire him for, you know, web work too. And, um, as long as it doesn't take him away from our business, uh, <laughs> you're more than happy to, uh, <laughs> I, I will say this right now, Brian from look Polish. Call me. I need a new web guy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. He's got My, you uh, an ad read and a job, Brian. Yeah, I don't pay. But <laughs> um, he's got a lot of Calgary corn. He's, yeah. he's going to give you outside of Calgary. <laughs> Calgary adjacent. <laughs> so now I want to talk a little bit about um, the movie Asylum. As you know from the uh, Podfest episode, we showed a clip of it. And um, here's the thing: the movie has quote gotten released. Since then, there are certain Where? countries that you can, I believe, Canada, the UK. I don't believe it's in this country. However, I'm getting emails and tweets that it is on the internet. If you uh, look hard enough, I'm not sure where, but you could probably find it. Okay. If you know anything about how the internet works. and <laughs> But here's the thing. It's been released, and as you guys know, we've talked many times before, they never rebranded it as a comedy. So the IMDb page for the movie is now full of angry horror fans, not knowing what right. the hell is going on with the uh, with the film. So it's like, why would somebody shoot them? Like, they're expecting a, an actual horror movie because nothing's been rebranded. The trailer hasn't been redone. There's no way you would know it's a comedy unless you were actually going. And then they, and, went, ha- they went halfway yeah, in with a comedy. Yeah, they didn't yeah. even go. And then they pulled back on the comedy. They're so dumb. Yeah. What the? F- they're the I, dumbest. I think After Dark is the first film company to ruin the same movie twice. <laughs> It's, How I don't do even you know do that? that? Was possible, but and uh, so I went on the uh, and it was uh, as I'm looking at all these horror email comments, after dark films and ask them what the fuck their problem is. Oh, they stopped uh, doing email and phone converse, uh, conversations with me about a year ago. No, no, I mean the fans. Oh yeah, and the email fa- after dark <laughs> films and go what the fuck? Yeah. Well, actually, what I wanted to ask you guys to do is go to the IMDb page and add a little balance to the discussion <laughs> and, and let people know what's going on because. In the in the uh, message boards for the film, the comedy fans have actually uh, come on board and actually put some of the comments like, "Hey, you want to hear the story behind the film? Listen to Mike Schmidt's forty year old right. episode. Oh, cool. Listen to the comedy film nerds episode where we talk about it." And then there's a couple great uh, comments from comedy fans saying like. Did you guys really think this would be a good movie if it wasn't for the riffing on it? I mean, look at this movie. Really? Did you think this was a good movie without the comedy parts of it? You can't be serious. (laughs) Um, So... If you guys could just, I'm going to have to weigh in over there eventually. And I was actually, I'm going to write like a long blog to kind of explain to people that aren't uh, familiar with the story. In fact, there is even a, a movie reviewer who is a, a fan of the show, uh, Influx Magazine, who reviewed it. And he pretty much said, look, this movie's awful. But uh, kudos to Mancini and his team for trying to polish the turd. <laughs> so I want to thank uh, Influx Magazine for a very uh, uh, even-handed review. <laughs> and uh, clearly they're fans of the uh, well, I want to see if After Dark can ruin it a third time. Well, it's entirely possible. If they could do something to fuck it over and go for the hat trick. Yeah, but I think they're out of business because their Twitter no. feed, their Facebook no. feed, everything has literally gone dark How? over there. I know. Isn't that weird? How does that happen? Yeah. It's crazy. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Why? With such a great business model. We're sorry. The uh, number you have reached is yeah. no longer in service. It's no longer insanity. Um <laughs> 
So check that out on IMDb if you can help me out and just uh, add a little balance to that conversation. And we're going to try to set up a screening uh, in Bolvania. Yes, <laughs> and we will. I think the we fake can, uh... country that it <laughs> takes place in. It's entirely possible. We will. We will definitely set that up. So. <laughs> So, uh, so check out the movie. It's you know, I'm sure you could find it if you know the story. It's yeah. the best movie you're ever going to see. Um, Even if they would have kept the first joke, and so people would know going in that it was a joke, the found footage joke. They literally took that out, so you wouldn't know until about 15 minutes into the movie that like, what the fuck is going on? Unbelievable. So good stuff. Yeah, good, awesome. <laughs> good times. But I got the rights back. Like I said, we'll actually be making uh, announcements uh, hopefully very soon about uh, the future. We're going to we're gonna make Rips. this. Yeah. We're going to make this movie. There's, there's some stuff we we're talking to. about. That's awesome that you got the rights back, though. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Oh, it's so the we greatest kinda, part. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll be able to do it for real. That's what happens when you have a company that doesn't want to pay you anything to refix their movie. Yeah, yeah that was the deal. I'll fix it, but you got to give me the rights back. And I'm like, okay. All right, we're so, going belly up anyway. Yeah, so yeah. You don't have money okay, anyway, right. so it works out great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Then the conversation with my reps, and finally one of my reps had to say to them, you know, you're not doing Chris a favor. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just use uh, improv troops down in Louisiana. They'll be able to do the comedy. Oh, oh. Jesus, don't get me started. Oh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so many things wrong Listen with to that, the other episode uh, where we, go, we break it down with Dean Haglin. All right. <laughs> so, all right, DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, Amadea Christmas. Thank God. You know just what? in time. It's say, not Christmas. At, at some point... We're going to have to watch one of these movies. Okay. You know, one of these, I think, you know what? This is a good thing. Tweet or um, email us at info at comedyfilmnerds.com. If you had to pick one Medea movie for us to watch, which one would it be? And we will watch it. All right. So. Goes to jail. Medea goes to jail? Yeah. Do you think that's the best one? Sure. All right. <laughs> goes to jail. Are those earnest to... titles? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh wait! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ernest goes to jail. Yeah, right, yeah. They're the same. Ernest right? saved Christmas. Yeah. Santa's in the slammer. Yeah. God, if Jim Varney <laughs> was goes still to summer camp. Oh. If Jim Varney was still alive, he would have a fist fight with. Uh, no, no, that'd be Tyler the greatest matchup. Match yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's true. Ernest and Medea. That'd be like oh. Freddy versus Jason. Oh, it's oh, Alien v Predator. Yeah, I mean, that's really like is. those. That's yeah. the perfect movie. Oh, now I'm sad. It'll never happen. Oh, man. <laughs> in heaven. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's Jim <laughs> Rest in peace, Janet Varney. Yeah. Was, <laughs> that was her dad, movie. right? That yeah. was Janet Varney's dad. <laughs> um, okay. The Giver. Um, What's this about? This is the, another post-apocalyptic teen movie that uh, was trying to cash in on Hunger Games money. And also uh, stars Medea. And also stars Medea. Yeah. I saw a trailer for the new Divergent movie. It's called Divergent the Insurgent. Yeah, like, come on! Why don't they just go Divergent, the Insurgent, the Urgency? Yeah. <laughs> just I finally saw that too. I saw Divergent and uh, awful, no. absolutely awful. Oh, and, you know what the problem is? The problem isn't even this movie. The problem is me. I need to stop getting duped because I love watching post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. uh, movies with teens in peril. I was like, yeah, Maze Runner. I can't wait. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you were trying to sell it. me on Maze Runner. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, Neil and I went to see it. And even Neil was like, oh, this is, oh, I know, I know. I got tricked again. <laughs> oh, man. It was like, it looked so great. This was like, oh, this is like Halo meets Labyrinth. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it wasn't at all. So, this is like me with martial art movies. Yeah. This oh, looks good. God. And you're like, no, it's not, Graham. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm telling you, no, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one out of the thousands that's going to buck the trend. It's in time for Oscar season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's so angry. At least Hunger Games Mockingjay was good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Expendables 3. Sure. And uh, yeah, I saw this movie and it's exactly what I expected it to be. And people say, well, why do you like these movies? It's a very simple answer because it's, you know, 2014 and I get to watch a new 80s action movie. Yeah, that's fun. That's what they are. But Expendables 2, really, The Empire Strikes Back of the Expendables movies. That was the best one where it got the tone right. It was kind of the mix of funny and action. Mm -hmm. And this one is kind of a little more. Three's got Ewoks. Yeah, it's got Ewoks. (laughs) A little more somber, kind of missed the tone a little bit. number. I don't think. I don't think we're going to see any more of them. I think that was pretty much it. Expendables. Lock a block, lock, 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 lock. November Man. This is the Pierce Brosnan movie. About yeah. Shooting people as oh, an older gentleman. I didn't gentleman. see that. Is uh, it good? So. No. Oh. But you know what? I don't know. Actually, I didn't see it. What am I talking about? <laughs> I just lo- anything we talked about today? <laughs> I can't believe anything. <laughs> the November Man. Here's what I'll say about this. Based on what I saw in the trailer, it's probably the perfect DVD. Yeah, this right. is one of these movies you watch while you're, you know, ironing your laptop, and uh, you get <laughs> after it fell into the washing exactly, machine. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. When you're dry cleaning your electronics. Mm-hmm. Oh man, when you said uh, an elder hit hitman or killing something, what'd you say? Well, that's the, yeah, that's the poster. It's just him holding a gun oh, about man. to shoot somebody. Right, I was thinking like, like a young buck that he's got a. Oh um, sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. I was thinking like, it's like bulletproof monk. <laughs> I went to the Matador, Pierce Brosnan's uh, great movie. Was yes. It Mat- you know, that's what, when you said that, I was like, oh, another Matador. I mean, mm, I guess not. With a gun. Oh, so good. That movie was good. Um, now, th- I do want to say there's one DVD that I thought was amazing. Uh, this is a DVD pick. This was another one of those uh, DC movies, straight to DVD, Assault on Arkham. This is another an animated movie, and it was fantastic. It was yeah. really good. And it wasn't a Batman story. That's what I loved about it. It was a Suicide Squad story where they send the Suicide Squad into Arkham on an assignment. But obviously Batman gets wind of it. But Batman is a supporting character in the film. That's cool. what's so great about it. Uh, like, I love when they play with the conventions of like the superhero tropes, like... You know, you can't always have, there's a villain about to do something, you know, destroy the city or whatever, and the whole movie's about Batman trying to stop them. I mean, that's, we've seen that a million times. Sure. Um, this one, you have Deadshot fighting with the Joker over Harley Quinn. You know, things like that, where it's more interesting, and you that's have, cool. uh, mm-hmm. you know, Amanda Waller has, like, the the bombs in everybody's neck if they go off, you know. These DC animated the, movies yeah. are great. And, uh, and it was probably one of the most mature ones. I say this every time, because I think they keep pushing the envelope every single one violence cursing this yeah. one actually even had sex in it so wow. uh this is uh it's really not for kids mm-hmm. so let me make that very clear not for kids but assault on arkham and the thing that i loved about it too is um sometimes they get these movies wrong because they're just these little scenes from different comics and right. story arcs and they don't make coherent sense as a film mm-hmm. this fi- this one did this is like under the red hood it's one story you stay with the characters all the way through it has a beginning a middle and an end and it's great so definitely check out uh, assault on arkham yeah, it was without your children right to dvd okay. yeah all these dc movies anime movies go right to dvd okay and they make a fortune oh yeah here. yeah they're great that's awesome put oh. them in charge of the live action stuff hello <laughs> warner brothers uh all right premiering this week horrible bosses 2 i'm there <laughs> you're camping out for the midnight oh, yeah. Thursday as a matter of fact let's wrap this up I didn't realize the first one had made enough to oh, merit it, a sequel but I guess, I guess so you know, they're so cheap to make you know that if they get any kind of profit those 
formulaic right. <laughs> comedies, you know? And plus, yeah. Uh, the Penguins of Madagascar, speaking of formulaic animation, uh, uh, granted, the Penguins are the best part of the Madagascar franchise, but, you know, let's, okay, <coughs> money grab. Yeah, animated yeah. money grab. Uh, and the imitation game, and this is the... The uh, spy thing. Yeah. The, Based the, on a true story. Yes. Uh, this looks really good. Breaking That's right up your alley. Breaking the, the uh, yeah, Enigma I like, code. I like this kind of, yeah. yeah, the Enigma code. I like this kind of spy stuff. And, it, it, and you know, you gotta love Sherlock. <laughs> Cumberback is yeah. uh, is always good. Uh, yeah, to me, it's like this Benicio time. Benicio del Cumberbatch. Yeah, is he's be phenomenal. <laughs> this time of year, I don't know. To, I love it because all the Oscar movies are out. So mm-hmm. I'd rather go watch those than Horrible Bosses too. But that's me. Call me crazy. Imitation game. Book it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's going? Nobody's going to see Horrible Bosses too, right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't did know you see Horrible Demi- Bosses 1? I no. did, yeah. You I did? Saw, I saw the first one, yeah, yeah. Did, was it funny? No. No. <laughs> no, it had a couple funny scenes because I, I'm a big fan of Charlie Day. I think he's really funny. I think Charlie Day's awesome, too. And, uh, you know, and I, I, I like the uh, the casting was pretty good, but it was all that over-the-top kind of, like, broad comedy, mm-hmm. like... Uh, yeah, we get it, you know, and it was no. It was no. It was no. Meet the Millers. No, it was. <laughs> it was not a good film. Wow. <laughs> but I can't imagine. Like it didn't. It, it, nothing. When I was watching that film, nothing screamed like, "I can't wait to see what happens in the sequel." Oh, you know that yeah. kind of like this is. Uh, and comedy, like we've talked about this before, comedy yeah. sequels are hard to do, and you're doing yeah. a comedy sequel of a movie. That this really great feels like Horrible Bosses Two. I think is going to be Hangover Three. Wow. I think it's going to be in that range. All right. Yeah. So we'll Good see. luck. Yeah. Good luck, Just find the, find the three jokes that worked and do them again. <laughs> That's how they do all comedy sequels, yep. man. Just let's do rehash those jokes and bigger, we'll do it again. Bigger. We'll, make, we'll make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's uh, that's episode 242, ladies and gentlemen. Put it in the books. Yeah, and have a great Thanksgiving this week. We appreciate um, you guys supporting, like we said, the store. Um, you guys have been buying a lot of stuff. And, oh, speaking of that, we have uh, um, the Dana Gould shirts. We actually have the beverage koozies for the Bevilacqua heating and air conditioning now. So nice. if you buy awesome. a shirt, you can actually get the koozie that has the company logo on it. And if you buy the Dana Gould Hour logo shirt, the koozie has the logo on it. And we do this every year. In honor of Thanksgiving, we will be selling blankets full of smallpox. So and uh, giving them away, yeah, and giving, giving them away. So <laughs> with the Dana Gould uh, decal on it, with the, yeah, <laughs> with the Dana Gould get show some Dana Gould smallpox yeah. guys <laughs> and wipe out, wipe out an indigenous population. Yeah. It's only, so fun. Only in a gift pack. <laughs> it's only in the gift pack. <laughs> yeah, we'll throw in the smallpox blankets yeah. <laughs> if you buy a gift pack. Um, so check that out, you guys. And of course, um, uh, yeah, you know, here's the other thing too. We learned this. Um, from the Libsyn panel at, at PodFest, which is uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. Even if that's not where you listen, like you listen to our show in a different place. Or on the app. On the app or whatever. Just subscribe to it because the more subscriptions we get, the higher... It helps high, our rankings. It, harps, yeah. it helps our rankings. So, Oh, is that how... I miss, I'm so bummed I missed the Libsyn mm-hmm. panel. It was, it was a great panel. And that was one of the things he said. Like, reviews are, are nice, uh-huh. but the, it's really just how many download... How many people are subscribing to your show? Oh, in a so, certain amount of time. In like a certain window. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so sub- just going and downloading it one by one isn't as beneficial as... as no, okay. a, subscription is subscribe. better. Subscribe. Yeah. So go to iTunes, know. you guys, and subscribe to the show, even if, and just, even if you listen to it another way and then just delete it or whatever, but just sub- keep right. subscribing because that helps mm-hmm. our numbers. Um, and like we said, yeah, all this cool stuff in the store. Uh, we're going to start releasing some, uh, probably some discounts and coupons and whatnot for the holiday season. Yes, we'll be putting some stuff on sale too. Yeah, 
Um, so thank you guys. But that so- shouldn't be a reason to wait to buy something. It'll yeah. be sold out. <laughs> It'll be sold out. Once those do- yeah. you got to get it now. There's and- some stuff we're going to liquidate. Yeah, there's be some definitely some uh, limited edition stuff, and also you can pre-order um, earbuds, and uh, there's donation tiers for the for not only just earbuds but also for comedy film nerds. If you want to help us out that way as well, and like we said, we appreciate all that you guys do for us, and um, you know, have a great great uh, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. Um, I will be headlining uh, in Honolulu, Hawaii, December 6th at Hawaiian, Hawaiian Brian's. Brian's. Oh, nice. shit. When are you back? Um, I get back on the 8th. Okay. I'll be gone 4th to the 8th, and awesome. I will be surfing. Yes, you um, <laughs> So if you are, if you live in Oahu or will be visiting in that time, please come out to the show. And uh, if you live in the most beautiful out. place in the world... Come to come a, inside. Come inside. <laughs> well, it's a nighttime show. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not okay. doing a noon <laughs> show. Um, so yeah, come to the show. Uh, Any noon stand-up show in Hawaii is a tax write-off. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just telling one joke on a street corner. Go, that was a work shoot. It was a work trip. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we're going to be doing stand-up and comedy film nerds in Oklahoma City, December 11th. Uh, so those tickets are all online. Buy your tickets now. You and we're each show is uh, I believe fifteen bucks each. But if you you can buy both for twenty two bucks. Great. Stand up and short film on the same night, December eleventh. What, what uh, where do people go to buy those tickets? Uh, well, you can go to uh, okccomedy.com dot mm-hmm. or the link is also up on my website, which will then put it up on comedy. Yeah, film we'll put it up on CFO. So okay, uh, December eleventh, Oklahoma City. Brian, did you hear that? We need that uh, link up on yeah. CFN. Let's go, Wolf. Put <laughs> it. Sorry, up there. Brian's working for me now. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that was quick. Yeah, well. Um, God, a guy's got no loyalty. <laughs> Any port in a storm. Uh, Murray Valeriano, where can people listen to your show, your internets, your shows, whatever else? Um, you can uh, catch me at Murray V on Twitter, M U R R A Y V, and my podcast is Road Stories at roadstories.tv. Uh, we just learned subscribe to it <laughs> um, which I'm going to push that on my listeners uh, um, which is great and you're uh, also on the All Things Comedy Network right? I am part of All Things mm-hmm. Comedy as you guys are mm-hmm. right right. so we're all, you can go to All Things Comedy there and um, I'm local until 2015 then I hit the road again so locally like, I'm in Bray Improv Irvine Improv mm-hmm. headlining the Melrose Improv in uh, January nice and then I'll be hitting the road Vegas Chicago San Francisco all that in 2015 and they can find those web those tour dates all those tour dates on, on your, your site on my site and I also do uh, a, uh, comics on safari which is a bunch of comics who surf and we go up and down the coast doing shows Graham is part of that so it's a lot we, of fun it's a lot of fun we were sponsored by Quicksilver but Quicksilver is Gonna probably be defunct soon. Ooh. So Maui and Sons is taking over for a couple shows. Sweet. So we get a few. We give uh, people who come out like shirts and t-shirts and, and stuff like that. And yeah, you it's, get a, you, great, a lot of fun. You get great swag when we done. We've done these shows and people have come. We've given away awesome surf oh, stuff cool. like oh, yeah. backpacks and shirts like, and literally rash cards. Yeah, rash yeah, cards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, like a thousand dollars worth of stuff. Oh show. yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah. These companies are really cool, and it's you don't have to be a surfer to it. It's just. It's just, it's an excuse to go surf and do stand up. Really we just pick surf spots and do shows. And do like, shows there. And uh, it's great. It's it's me, Graham Elwood, uh, Andrew Norelli, Monty Franklin. All walks of great comics, all headliners. And we just rotate throughout our days. It's a so, solid, cool. it's a solid show. They're, yeah. they're a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. I also forgot to say, I'm going to be headlining the Zanies in downtown Chicago, January 2nd through the 4th. And, um, 
So come on out, Chicago. I'm a Chicago improv guy. Is that going to be weird, you and I? <laughs> sharks and jets things. Yeah, we on. will have a knife fight okay. over that. <laughs> okay. um, we'll tie our wrists together and then each have a blade. Ooh. It's going to be exciting. Ooh. I'll very beat it. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'll very beat it. Uh, and then we'll this just just I just added this. Uh, we'll be headlining um, Lake Tahoe. The Improv at Harvey's Hotel and Casino, January 28th through February 1. Oh, cool. So I'll be there Super Bowl Sunday in the sports book. Nice. Betting 10 grand on the coin toss. Mm. That's where you make your money. (laughs) (laughs) Was it last year's uh, upset? Yeah. Like people won so much money off of safety on the first play. Oh, yeah, dude. I was going to put $10 on uh, safety on the first play. It never happened. Yeah. It's like... 400 to 1. Yeah, people. Wow, really? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. where everybody made the money. It's crazy. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's uh, that's our program. All right, I'll send $20 with you to, sure, to bet buddy. on the uh, safety. I'll, you got it. I'll bet it. I'll bet it for sure. <laughs> so people always say, here's 10 bucks. Put it on yeah. a blackjack. Yeah. yeah, for sure, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, no, so you lost here's a quarter. Yeah. Put this in a slot machine. Let me know if you win. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done deal. Um, all right. Thank you once again to Murray Valeriano. Thanks for having me. Next time I'm on, I promise I'll see some movies. God damn it. You saw a bunch of movies. Still no, be you saw them. What yeah, are you talking you about? Saw, you saw Whiplash. You saw Interstellar. You saw Nightcrawler, I thought. No, I just faked oh. my way through that one. Way to go. <laughs> what a dick. Um, all right, guys. That's our show. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. As always, remember. Han, Han shot first. I didn't know if I was supposed to say that, so I just mouthed it. That's okay. Sorry. We okay. can cut it. Cut. <laughs> <laughs>